Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come, join us along our shared path for today's episode. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In church, you will remember, we spent that first year on Zoom in some fashion, whether I was at home for a couple minutes, and then I came with one person to the church, and we televised and from the church. And at some point, we gathered back together outside. You'll remember that. We gathered together outside. And luckily, at the church I was at, we had an outside chapel, but we were still sitting six feet apart with our masks in our pods, trying to make it, trying to make it work. Some people went online and never came back in person. Some people, and I was quite offended by this, some people preferred the National Cathedral to our little folksy St. Francis of Assisi, glitchy, fun church, and they never came back either. But you can do both. That's what people found out. That's exactly right. To look on the bright side of the pandemic, we learned about to do things that we had never thought possible. I've said to some of you, I had an elderly parishioner who spent six months trying to get on Zoom. Every week she would try and get on Zoom, and the day that she made it, we all applauded and burst out. She had made it. It was so fantastic. She was not going to not be part of that church. And still, there was unimaginable loss. And we are still grieving and understanding and healing from all of that. And so today in the gospel reading, we have a a healing scene in Mark. Actually, three little stories. Simon's mother-in-law, Jesus curing all the people, healing all the people who were brought to him, and Jesus praying alone and the disciples coming to find him to continue that ministry, their ministry. And the story, you may note, has a curious statement. Jesus would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. 
It's a curious statement. He would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, we could have a whole sermon and a whole forum on what uh, de um, demons are, what, what being a demoniac is, but let's agree to equate that state just for today as, as a state of being in darkness, profound darkness. So I'd like to explore with you this morning as my offering for our annual meeting a theme that I've been tossing around. And the theme is this, how do we find through Jesus and with Jesus and in Jesus the ability to heal both ourselves and others as we encounter profound darkness? I've always loved this story about Simon's mother-in-law who was healed and the fruit of her healing was that she got up and served. She was healed and she began to serve. And this makes so much sense, doesn't it? When we under our, understand ourselves to be healed partially or totally in body and mind and spirit, we instinctively know that the best next thing to do is to offer thanks and praise and to with an open hand and heart uh, serve or give or be thankful. What it means to be healed whole, completely oneself in God takes different forms for different people. For Simon's mother-in-law, it meant getting up off of her sickbed. For others, healing can mean dying a holy death. This is how we distinguish healing from cure. That healing has to do with our relationship with God and with each other and how we become completely who we are in God's image, all that makes up us, all the traits that make that we're that are part of us, all of it. And then in that healed state, that place of unity, we receive the gift of the fruit of the healing, which is freedom. After we are healed from darkness, whatever that means to us, we are given the fruit of freedom, which is to act out of our whole, wholesome, undivided, holy self. Healing means coming face to face with oneself in God's image, which many of us still have a hard time understanding. How could we be, how could we be the face of God? And we are letting go of the need to control any or all of that. It is healing which says to God, into your hands I commend my spirit, all of it completely, with, it, with abandon, for the gift of healing which God gives us when we ask. We're going to start doing some healing work as a congregation during Lent, so stay tuned for the details. Because while we are coming out of this four-year ordeal, there is work to be done so that healing can occur. And I would like to do that work with you and lead you in that. I want to tell you a story about my friend Audrey. <clears throat> God rest Audrey. Since I think her story tells something, about, something so powerful about the healing that happens in a community. Audrey was a priest, a friend of mine, and a colleague at the very first church that I served. She was a crusty woman. She said she was very blunt, and she never failed to say exactly what she thought. I loved her, and she loved me. She took me under her wing. I was the newbie, and she was the wise, experienced priest. 
She sometimes, she sometimes rode a motorcycle to church with her husband. They were motorcycles. They loved motorcycles. And it never failed to delight the crowds at Grace Cathedral when Audrey and Doug would pull up for an ordination. She would take off her helmet and her long, beautiful, wavy auburn hair would flow down to her waist. I mean, it was a sight to behold. It was fantastic. She was also a woman who struggled publicly to find her authentic priesthood. It seemed that Audrey was always mad at God, raging for God's silence in her life or at the injustices she saw around her and could not do anything about. One of her proudest moments was when the priest and well-known author Barbara Brown Taylor, also an Episcopal priest, told Audrey's story in one of her books. Well, Audrey was proud and at the same time pissed off that Barbara Brown Taylor hadn't said, I'm going to tell your story in my book. You know, there you go. That was Audrey. All of this made Audrey an, a wonderful, amazing pastor. People felt that she understood their own anger, their own spiritual conflicts, their own struggles, and she did. And she cared for everyone pastorally in that congregation. After we served together, she was diagnosed with a particularly devastating form of Parkinson's disease. And within six months, her speech began to slur and it became more and more difficult for her to function as a priest. And the church found ways to accommodate. She would sit to preach her sermons. She would process with one or another clergy or lay minister arm in arm. And finally, when she could no, excuse me, no longer be understood, her, her voice was not understandable, others began to deliver the sermons that she had written. She was finally confined to a wheelchair, barely able to lift her head. She died after several years of this suffering. Her death was a mercy to her and to us in a way. She raged about her Parkinson's, about the unfairness of it all. She raged at God and at all the suffering in her life and the people's lives around her, which she could not relieve. She died raging. And I imagine even at this moment, Audrey, Omen, blessed Audrey, is taking up a cause with the Almighty, letting her displeasure be known. I feel sure of it. We need fiery people like Audrey around us. At her funeral, all people could talk about was the healing that Audrey's illness, that her death and dying had engendered, healing for her and for the congregation. She had brought suffering to life for a lot of people. She had, in a very public way, drawn together the people of God in a way that they had not been drawn before. Audrey's service to use the Greek word diakonos from where the word deacon comes from, her ministry served to remind all of us that healing happens in many different places, in public and in private, in hoped-for cures, and in our understanding of God's healing power. We thought for a time that it was, we actually thought for a long time, probably until she died, that it was Audrey's rage that needed healing. But what we discovered in her, 
suffering and in her dying and in her death was that her rage, her emotional outcry, her presence among us as a raging priest was the fruit of God's healing for her. That she found ways in this life to rage against the injustice, the unfairness of it all. That she showed us that we too can rage and in that honesty and openness and complete vulnerability be healed. At some point in her life, who really knows when? I'm not sure Audrey could have even said at what moment that was. Audrey was taken by the hand by Jesus and she was lifted up in some mysterious way that we really can't describe. And in that lifting up, she found her voice, her priesthood, her ministry. It was ironic, so ironic, and yet it was so perfect that she found her authentic voice. She found her voice, which literal voice was taken away by that darn Parkinson's disease. And she had to hand over every aspect of control. In that handing over, she brought the world a gospel of healing. This was the authority which gave her the license to preach the good word. Her authority, our authority, comes from an honest and open and deep confrontation with our own woundedness and our own desire for healing the wounded healer, as we call it. That letting go which allows God in finally to come in and do the work so that we can bear the fruit of a healed life. Death itself for Audrey and for us was a healing and it brought her full circle to the God who was and is now the center of her life. She is at home now with God, praying for us as one of those great clouds of witnesses. Audrey's story also forces me, and it may force you, to confront the other aspect of these stories, which to this day make me uncomfortable, squirm, want to deny. It was hard for me to even think about telling Audrey's story today because all of this takes place right in the middle of the worshiping community. So you, can you imagine being Audrey sitting in the middle of the congregation? I want to take those emotions and that feeling privately. I'd like to take it to some other quiet, private, not public place. I don't mean to say that all the laundry gets aired, all the details shared, not at all, but what Audrey's story tells us and tells me, tells the church is the healing. What these stories show me are that the healing in Christ take place within our in perfect, human, messy world, which mess we began to, all of us probably, know in a new way on that day in 2020 when the lockdown happened. Not in the perfection of some place that I would like to conjure up, and, but I cannot conjure it up. We were forced into that place. So today, as we go about our annual meeting, we gather around this altar and we take in the bread and the blood of Christ, the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation as we approach 
Jesus for healing. May we be strengthened for service in God's name. And may we know this place, this community, the place where we can let go and be ourselves. We can do the healing work that God is calling us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations.